0: Hello, and welcome to the back page of Video Games Podcast. I'm Samuel Roberts, and I'm joined today by Matthew Castle. Hello. Matthew, this podcast is all about Hitman. Uh, we have in the past talked about some games individually. We've kind of like happened across this format where we'll talk about a big new game and then attach some kind of fun feature onto the side of it. So in this episode, we're going to talk about Hitman 3. We're going to go deep into the game, talk about the new levels, that sort of stuff. And then in the second half, we're going to do the top 10 Hitman levels across the World of Assassination Trilogy. Matthew, do you think that's going to make for some exciting content?
1: I think it's going to make for some incredibly exciting content. This is a a game which has been a a key part of my game playing habits for the last few years. Uh, So I feel like I've got plenty to say. And I love ranking stuff, so it's
0: basically a match made in heaven. So anyone who listened to our James Bond episode is probably aware of the fact that we're both big fans of IO Interactive's Hitman games. um, How would you classify them genre-wise, Matthew? I know this is often a kind of pointless activity, trying to figure out what things are. Um, It's a kind of an old magazine box-out mentality, I guess, of like, what genre is this? But do you consider these like stealth games, puzzle games, some kind of hybrid
1: i'd say stealth game first and foremost um but with like leaning towards a kind of interesting social stealth um Mm. but there are puzzle elements in it there are action elements for sure there are kind of sandboxy elements it's like a stealth sandbox
0: yeah for sure i kind of um thought about this in terms of sandbox gameplay it's obviously nothing like a gta or anything like that but there is a kind of enjoying the environment element to hitman particularly this trilogy that's extremely powerful. Um, just enjoying the kind of sense of place. And this new game um, taps into that very well um, also. But I found that when we were ranking our levels, which obviously we'll get to later... Um, I was definitely leaning towards the ones that were like the prettiest or sounded the nicest. Um, so it, it definitely is like a, it's a huge part of why these levels work, right? It's not just how good is the how good are the ways you can kill someone. It's um, you know how how pretty is this place that I'm going to spend probably ten hours trying to perfect. You know,
1: yeah, there's a big sort of uh, fantasy kind of escapism version of this. I mean, it's basically luxury holiday destinations. Hmm. Like Agent Forty Seven never gets sem- sent somewhere crap. You know. He never has to go to, like, Butlins. You know, it's it's not the places I went on holiday
0: as a child, for sure. Well, uh, you say that, Matthew, but this le- this new game has Dartmoor in it, and if you could go to any place in the UK, would you pick Dartmoor?
1: Uh, pr- no, probably not. I mean, it's a big stately home. It's, uh, you know, it's got, like, national trust energy, and I'd probably, <laughs> you know, I am a national trust member, so... We'll show off. Well, no, it was a Christmas present. <laughs> No, I think it's just my mother not really knowing what to buy us for Christmas, so a rolling subscription to National Trust, uh, or, you know, rolling membership to National Trust. I'm just it's dead. not as posh as, as as I think you think it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably right. I just think the idea that you said subscription makes me think of like, oh, I'm going to binge some National Trust landmarks. Oh, so. yeah, I'm going to binge some manners. <laughs> So Matthew, why is Hitman such a big deal to us specifically? Um, why don't you talk a bit about you know your why these three games have resonated with you so much?
1: Yeah, I think they they resonate mainly because they're kind of the the version of Hitman I've always wanted. Um, this particular series has been with us for a long time. I mean, it it kind of kicked off just as I was really getting into games, and the idea of you play as an assassin. It's just it's kind of the cool shit that as a thirteen year old or whatever, you are it is just so laser targeted at your mind, you know. Like this isn't just any old action game. As a concept, you're this, this kind of strange bloke in a suit, you're gonna go in, you've gotta kill one guy, you know, it's gonna be really slick. I've always loved the idea of it, but it's taken like a long time, um and a few stops and starts along the way for the series to actually kind of give me what I wanted from that idea. Mm. um that isn't to say it hasn't done it in the past you know hitman 2 is 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 pretty solid um blood money obviously amazing game um which this build the new trilogy i'd say builds on a lot but for me this this was i this just felt like the the the, the version i'd always been waiting for um so yeah kind of combination of that and and it just being a series which has just been so regular through my like gaming life i guess
0: yeah so i think about we discussed this a bit on the James Bond episode, but the thing they just really got right with this uh, trilogy, this World of Assassination trilogy, is that the controls are just perfect, the interface is perfect. And mm. Hitman had always struggled with that um, to some degree. Um, that's not to say everything about how you interact with this game is perfect. Anytime it's a shooter, I still don't think it really works on any level. Um, yeah, But when it comes to the sort of like, you know, grab a guy, climb in here, do that sort of thing. There's nothing fiddly about it. They basically built this format um, for, you know, this template for for the whole game and then kind of created levels that, you know, made the most out of that format. And so as a trilogy, it's a a bit of a weird one in the sense that, like, they're collectively, it's it's an amazing game, but, like, um, when it comes to just those sort of um, core specifics, it never really changes that much, which doesn't count against it because, like you say, Hitman's been around for so long. And it's just never been this slick, um so yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, just the it was so obvious when you played um you know wh- wh- whichever of, of the world of assassination you play first in just five minutes you could tell that they'd fix some like massive massive problems with the game, I think like the disguise system just suddenly made so much sense, the fact that you know it it bought you know got you into certain areas and it was so clear at illustrating or communicating rather you know you know if you were just going to get in trouble for being there or if you were going to you know kick off action for being there i love the whole kind of um costume the dots but i don't really know what we call those characters but there's characters who've you can see through your disguise i guess um that just felt like there was just an amazing amount of clarity to it i just think the rules really solidified perfectly for this trilogy and what they've added in each subsequent games kind of been like a few interesting mechanical twists but nothing as substantial as the kind of heavy
0: lifting that was done in you know Hitman 1 I think yeah so even though obviously the series started as this kind of episodic um, you know releases sort of uh, format that did change to kind of full games but the episodic nature of it I think still uh, remains in in some form each time you buy a new game you're kind of buying a packet of levels now i would say that each game varies quite uh wildly in terms of like well not wildly but there is a, there's definitely a running thread th- i think through the different um levels that you see in each of the three games um particularly in this last one uh, which we'll get to but um matthew i was wondering do you think that the world of assassination trilogy is more than the sum of its parts because i feel like whenever i see hitman getting reviewed it always gets like a round eight out of ten. Um, there's been a few nines this week as Hitman Three has released, but I feel like the collectively the experience is amazing. But individual, when it comes to individual games, like it's been a kind of a weird one to sort of celebrate and highlight why it's so good. Do you think that's a thing with this?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I I think that's partly because it it kind of crosses the ground of like it kinda crosses the streams of like individual games and almost this kind of bizarre games-as-service model, and I find them quite hard to un- un- unpick. Like, taking these individual games, I find them quite hard to talk about. Like, in my head, it's just this massive snowballing thing. So kind of regardless of how good the individual groups of six levels are, the fact that it brings the older levels forwards, you can basically import the levels from Hitman 1 into 2, then you can import the hit levels from 1 and 2 into 3, and it updates them to the kind of tech standard of the newest game. So in 2, they added... The mechanics they'd added in 2, they went back and retroactively kind of added things to the levels from 1 so that they could use those mechanics. Like, they added a load of bushes <laughs> that you could hide in. <laughs> uh, I love the idea of that someone's job, is you just have to go through these, you know, quite tried and tested levels and just plant a load of bushes down um, for Agent Voice without, like, breaking the level. Um yeah. And Patch then notes, in, uh, Paris it,
0: has bushes now, you know. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Colorado is just like crazy, it's just like Bush City. That place. <laughs> um, and then you have uh, like three it doesn't really add many mechanics as such. It's more of like a visual makeover. So the the appeal now is just going back and playing one and two and and seeing kind of how the levels look with their new lighting and shaders and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, so it, it, I find it very hard to unpick it all. Like in my head. I'm kind of reviewing it as an individual game because I reviewed three but like as a collective thing it's a it's kind of a 10 for me that the trilogy Mm. if but uh, because I just see it as this massive very consistent coherent project that I really really enjoyed.
0: Yeah so we're going to do the um, best games of the generation in two parts over the next few episodes and I've been trying to work out in my head how to like make Hitman figure into that. Um, yeah i think it has to come down to the three games because like you say um even though um the games have moved on pc to the epic game store which is like a, a very mild inconvenience for pc players who have been enjoying it on steam yeah. and has definitely had some like teething pro- uh, problems in actually transferring your data across when you like install this 80 gigabyte file and you have all three of these games levels in there it is such a rich package like i played um the whole uh set of them when hitman 2 came out uh, within hitman 2 and at that point it was incredibly it was already loads of content in there i played it for like 80 hours and had a really good time um but now the idea that you can you can buy this as one trilogy i mean this will just keep i assume keep selling in like steam sales for the next 10 years and people will be writing on subreddits going how good is this trilogy of games that i missed when they first came out <laughs> And yeah, I think like over time, it'll probably be celebrated as much as it should. But I don't know if in the short term, it will ever quite get the credit it deserves, you know?
1: Yeah. Do you th- do you, uh would you have liked it if they'd carried on doing all of them episodically? Um did, did you enjoy that?
0: I don't know if what your relationship with one was, but... Well, so I played Paris and Sapienza as they came out, and then I kind of left it. I think that the problem was that that episodic structure when um the first paris level came out and i remember having server issues i remember thinking this feels like it feels rough as a first taste because clearly the level's very good but you almost wanted a grander look at what they were selling you um because you could buy the whole game um or you could buy them individually you kind of wanted an idea of like what they were going for was every level going to be like paris that sort of thing so the unknown Mm. factor i think means that I don't necessarily love the episodic idea because I do think that some levels are worth more than others. That's not to say I think that any of them are total write-offs, but you could definitely say that like there's a couple in Hitman 3 that stand above the rest in terms of how many hours you can potentially play them. So yeah, I think having them episodically makes you think too much about the value of what you're buying, whereas having them in a package, not so much. What do you think?
1: Yeah, Yeah, no, I, I that 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 sounds that sounds about right to me i i did wonder if like as as the thing goes on like a person playing hitman 3 and 2 and 1 for the first time now is getting such a good version like the best versions of all those games like the most complete version of them and I don't know if I'm a little bit jealous because you know I played. So I played Hitman One on on Xbox, and then I played Hitman Two on PC and import. I had to get the levels again on PC. So replaying all the levels in one, I didn't resent it. Like I, enj- I still enjoyed them, but you know I I couldn't bring in my progress from Xbox. And a little part of me was like, oh man, if I'd come to this fresh, this would seem so exciting and. Like I think I think that of, of people playing Hitman 3 for the first time now, you're like, oh, man, you've got... Like, if you get all the levels, that's like 20 levels with the two <laughs> DLCs
0: as well. I mean, that's just... What a treat. <laughs> yeah, especially because you can play them on next-gen consoles and have the higher frame rate and resolution. Yeah. Uh, like, what an amazing package that is to just have. Um, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. Um, that said, I almost considered not bringing my progress across from Steam. Um, and just playing all the levels again from scratch and having that feeling of, like, unlocking all the different stuff again in each one, because I know I'll play them all again at some point. Um, Yeah, well, I actually
1: didn't bring my progress across, which, because when I was reviewing it, the the transfer wasn't working, and by the time I'd finished reviewing it, I'd played Hitman 3 for about 40 hours, unlocked so much stuff that I was just thinking... Do I really want to delete or you know I was weighing up do I want to do Hitman 3 again or do I want to delete my progress from Hitman 1 and 2 and I just figured uh screw it, I'll just do 1 and 2 again and like I haven't really got a problem with that you know I've I've there are some levels which I've played a lot more than others like I've st- I still feel like in Hitman 1 and 2 there are levels that I still need to like kind of properly dig into I'm maybe like halfway there with them so yeah I figured Let's start start from scratch
0: and just not worry about it. Yeah, I consider that too because yeah, Hitman Three being so recent and all. Um, but I figured I could keep my saves for a, I've got a saves for a couple of them that I think I can just finish and then I'll just get a load of points and it should work out all right because you don't copy your save data across. Getting too granular there about what I'm going to do <laughs> with the transfer tool. Um, but yeah, I um I I do think it's just yeah it's just an amazing suite of stuff. Like um when we were ranking the uh, the levels, it just seeing them laid out like that does just put in your head like they built so much stuff over these three games this is like more than six years worth of work for them uh shall we get into hitman 3 matthew after a short break and talk about how it compares to the first two let's do it welcome back to the hitman chat matthew
1: Fantastic. I was going to make a joke at the end of that first segment about needing to use the bathroom, the classic Hitman
0: line, um, but I just didn't have the guts to do it. Yeah, I sort of—I am the same as I was in part one, except now I'm dressed as like a waiter who's going to choke a guy to death. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there you go. So Matthew, um, you have played more of Hitman 3 than me. I've played about 20 hours of it. I don't feel like I've mastered all of the levels. I haven't finished the last level because the Hitman 3 servers went down when I was playing the game last night. So why don't you talk me through your overall thoughts about Hitman three and uh, how you feel about this game compared to the other two
1: so I feel like a few alarm bells rang when Hitman Three was approaching um because there was a lot of talk from i o about the like the story and this being like the end of the world of assassination trilogy as if the trilogy story was anything anyone cared about Mm. maybe there are people out there who do care about the overarching story i do not and i was a little worried that the last time they kind of they went sort of deep into story it, it all went a little bit hitman absolution um so i had some fears of like are they gonna like mess with the formula and then i I played the first two levels, Dubai and Dartmoor, for preview, and I was like actually this is this is this these are pretty great levels i'm you know I'm kind of confident in this, but having played the whole thing, I do think it is i think there is a noticeable increase in the amount of like narrative in the game, both around the levels and within the levels what i think's interesting is that actually it doesn't really derail the levels as much as they thought it was going to um in fact some of it's quite strong i think i think some of the um some of the story beats particularly in some of the mission story stuff are 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 pretty neat and pretty fun mix of like classic hitman and slightly more kind of scripted guided experiences um fundamentally around those i still feel like it's you know the, everything I love about Hitman One and Two, like it's the classic sandbox levels, it's the the unlockable challenge uh, challenges that that give those levels this sort of huge replayability. Uh, but yeah, so g- generally, I, I, th- I th- you know I, I feel like the thing they were adding this time was was a bit more like narrative heft rather than any mechanical tweaks. For the most part, it was fine. Um, I do think I think the last level was a real duffer. Um, I think it actually ends on quite a bad note and I was quite annoyed by that but I was having such a good time with one, levels one to five that it hasn't like derailed the whole thing for me um, so it's like a little black mark at the end but gen- generally speaking I think this was um, like a pretty kind of coherent collection of levels mm-hmm. um, you know I'm we'll talk about some of the individual levels later I'm sure what 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 did, did that sort of, Does that sort of gel with what you made of it? or?
0: Yeah, for sure. So I remember when we spoke before Christmas, you had played the preview code and you'd played the uh, Dubai and Dartmoor, like you say, and you said, I think they're going to be less replayable this time, um, just based on your sort of first impressions. And um, I think that is true in the case of some of these levels. Uh, that's not to say that I think that the narrative has spoiled anything about them. In fact, what's really interesting about this game is that the narrative stuff only happens once in some cases. So you'll get a kind of narrative-based objective. Um, It'll be like a blue marker on your HUD instead of the uh, red markers for the targets. And once you've completed them and you replay the level, you don't have to do those same narrative beats. You can just focus on killing the targets. Now that is a real, like, you know, you you can actually have it both ways. Here is the level, the sandbox level that you want as a traditional Hitman fan. But also here's a story that we're quite invested in telling you. And um, like you say, it yields some fairly interesting stuff in level the first time around. Mm. Out of level, I mean, I'm so sick of that beardy guy just going, we're going to sneak into this bank. Well, I'm not going to, you are. And I was like thinking, I just, I was so sick of that guy. <laughs> just what a jeb end, just like appearing in cutscenes and being like... <laughs> is that the 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 t- Lucas Grey, is that his name? Yes, that's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, And so, I, yeah, it's... It does I would say that out that stuff is better than it is in Hitman One and Two. Like definitely. It, they have yeah. tried harder to do it, even though I think the cutscenes look a little bit ropey. Um
1: oh, they're so the weird thing was, what Hitman One, the cutscenes were quite like flashy. I think you know, they're quite I think they were actually the best the cutscenes have been in the trilogy. Hitman two, it used like static character models. They weren't animated. Mm. Then they've animated them in three, and I I was thinking, ah, they should have stuck with the static models. Like, I wonder if they went with the static models because, you know, it was just easier and, like, cheaper or whatever. And, you know, we obviously don't know what the kind of financial dealings are behind this game, but because they're self-publishing it, I wonder if it's under sort of tighter kind of budgetary constraints. Um, Mm. But the cutscenes themselves are, like, they're quite bad by modern standards, I think, like, technically.
0: Hmm. They're just they they don't quite make sense next to the very high production values of the levels uh um, well, that's it.
1: the levels look better. I don't know why they don't do all the
0: cutscenes like in engine
1: because they just look nicer,
0: yeah, I agree with your point though about um about narrative in the levels too like um you hear a lot more sort of ambient conversations that aren't necessarily related to mission critical stuff, but they are there to basically help set the scene more of what's going mm. on in the level and um I got a really nice uh i replayed one of the levels um the Chongqing level set in china and i started in a different point to um where you start the uh the level when you're playing it through the first time in mission and there's a really nice conversation with this between agent 47 this woman who's meeting her friend oh, and yeah, she's yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh you got that too yeah i mean yeah, it's great yeah it's a really charming touch and i think that it's that weird thing of like how Hitman has such a clear personality in game, but never manages to make that work in the cutscenes around the game. And it's a very strange dichotomy how storytelling can be so strong while you're playing it, but then outside of that, not at all. It's a very bizarre little thing with this. Yeah, series.
1: That, and that's I, I said this in my review of it. I was, you know, I, I was sort of criticizing the story, but I I don't think it's a badly written game at all. Like it, it does. The writing does so much heavy lifting in the levels, like the NPC dialogue. You know, it establishes the location, it establishes the targets. You know, like they're they're given reputations because it basically, you know, at the start of every level, you have a your kind of handler explaining to you why they're total bastards and you have to kill them. But (laughs) in the level, that story is like told and reinforced where people are like telling anecdotes about the horrible stuff they've done or everyone's scared of them because they're like going to go mental and like throw a guy off the top of a roof or something and there's there's a lot of um there's a lot of character there i also think like the world building's really well done like with references to other levels names you've heard businesses you've heard like the actual you know the idea that you've been picking through like the elite of this world's population and they all know each other, and they're all kind of like, "Oh yeah, my lawyer is that guy you killed in Bangkok in Level One or whatever." And in, in, in Hitman One, it's it, it all kind of comes around. It feels really consistent. There's a lot of good, like, fun incidental payoff
0: for fans of the trilogy. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Like, um, you hear that odd name where you're like, "Oh yeah, I pushed that guy off a roof," or "I, I you yeah. know, a, a guy sniped him because I tricked another assassin into killing him." You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah it does that really well and like um yeah it does kind of builds a sort of overall fiction um i was um curious matthew like so one thing i noted between the different levels in this game is that i think they're more interested in vertical levels in this game there are in a, most cases so many floors different floors to explore uh when it comes to the, the the levels in hitman 3 there's there's like basements upon basements loads of kind of hidden areas that sort of thing this is particularly prevalent in the China level, but
1: oh yeah, God, there are so many levels in that yeah. there's a building that there's a building that goes up to level five, and then there's like a building that goes down to like minus level four or
0: something, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so it's quite um quite bizarre, but i don't it doesn't just apply to that like Berlin is quite similar as well, that's got quite a lot of going up and downstairs to get to different sort of levels and um yeah, yeah, and it doesn't apply quite so much to Dartmoor, but even mendoza, the um Argentina level. That is uh, also uh, we've got quite a lot of like going up and down stairs and finding basically just exploring the level in more of a kind of vertical way, and that presents these kind of weird puzzles of like, actually, how do I get to a place? Because I'm not entirely sure where the staircase is to this place I'm supposed to go, and that's that was the kind of running thread I I picked up on in in this set yeah. of levels.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. So Hitman Two, like if it had a theme, it was just massive levels. Like Hitman Two is defined by sprawl. Like they are, the actual like the, the you know the the squ- the meter square area of the level is vast for most of them in Hitman Two. I don't know if Hitman Three has like any level that is nearly as big, you know, in terms of spread. Like maybe Argentina, the the, the sort of Mendoza vineyard. Hmm is a pretty big level but it's pretty sparse at the same time a lot of it's just like fields you know Chongqing is a, is like could have had the spread of like Mumbai but actually it goes up and down rather than out mm. um it, it the whole game felt a lot more condensed to me um and, and it's sort of stronger for it in a way like I, I, I feel that the levels are like more immediately entertaining um you know after playing through three I, I went back to to replay some two for our rankings. And some of the levels, I was just like, oh man, how did I ever get my head around this place? Like Mumbai is vast and the map is so confusing. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's just so much going on in that level. Like there are there are basically you could fit three lev- three Hitman three levels into Mumbai, I think.
0: Yeah. I the thing is, I think um Mumbai is one of the levels I got truly obsessed with in Hitman 2 and I got it. I think I got my time on it down to about ten minutes. Um, God blimey! I, like I really quickly learned in sequence how you can very quickly kill the woman in the train cart by pretending to be the uh, dressmaker or whatever, and then um, you can um, slit the throat of one guy while he's um, having a haircut, and then the movie producer guy. Um, I kind of figured out a way to choke him out very quickly and hide him. So yeah, I mm-hmm. I, I, I figured out a way to do it. But I agree with you that that felt like. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> am I in like a Rockstar open world game or something? Because it is enormous. Um,
1: yeah, they're, they're, but but yeah, th- three sort of. I don't know. They're, they're they're kind of. Each level makes its point a bit more, a lot more sort of quickly, and and there there's there's sort of almost less going on. You know, in in two there are a lot of locations which actually, when you pick them apart, are kind of three separate levels. Like there's not much interplay between them. While here, like. You know, Dubai's kind of got this split of, like, the kind of public area and then the kind of penthouse, but it's pretty consistent. It doesn't take – you know, it's one staircase that links them, and it, 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 it all kind of – it makes sense that there'd be a penthouse there, and then you've got the, the Dartmoor Manor, which is just obviously a house. Quite small, I and mean, it's, it's – it's, it's, once you get your head around it, it's mm. probably one of the smaller levels, I think, weirdly. Um You know, and then Berlin, again, like, it looks – Massive and scary from the outside, but it only takes about twenty minutes, and then you've kind of got the feel for the place. And it's kind of one main building with a little hideout out back. I I just felt like y- you can make inroads a lot quicker and start digging into like some of the more interesting stuff in three than you could in two. Um, yeah. It just felt like in the way that the cinematic stuff is maybe like a bit friendlier, you know, because it puts like quite a flashy face on it so too do the the general levels feel like they kind of i don't know you kind of cut to the meat of them a lot faster
0: yeah i think that's probably true um i personally uh, was slightly disappointed by the fact that this game has fewer mission stories per level than any other game any of the other two games um Mm. so that's like um the mission stories just for those who don't necessarily know hitman that well Um, These are basically like guided sort of narrative opportunities to kill your target in the game. You'll listen to a conversation, um, usually you'll take the role of someone else, and then you will um, find a way to access your target. And they were quite controversial at first, um, but to uh, like traditional Hitman fans, because people want to find their own way how to do it, and they don't need to be told what to do. But I personally really enjoyed them because, uh, I'm sure you did too, Matthew, just for the dialogue you get from Agent 47 and the different kind of like fun scenarios that um, it throws you into this game has in most cases i think three mission stories per level i think mendoza has maybe four um yeah but yeah what did you make of that because i personally felt like i had fewer reasons to replay because i like hoovering those up as a player
1: yeah i i I think it's kind of misleading because i think they're, you know on paper yes there are there are fewer but they're there were lots of assassinations and opportunities in the level which, in, when I was doing them, I felt like, oh, yeah, this could have easily been a mission story. Like, there's enough phases to this for this to be a mission story. You know, what, like I felt like they almost... They put them in for some, like, these are, like, the big story beats you should not miss in this level. But everything else you can find for yourself, some of them, I like, I'm still sniffing out some of the opportunities, you know, some of the assassinations and signature kills, because I haven't really worked them out. But, um, I, like, digging, I think the more you play it and the more you dig into it, you feel like you worry about the mission stories less, I think, with this one. Um but the initial reaction, mine is, was very similar to yours is, as it is now. Like, it, you do feel like, oh, is that it? And you have to kind of um, dig in. They're good, though, some of the mission stories. I think they're generally better told. And, you know, some of them are massive. You know, obviously, the, the Dartmoor one is the is the big sort of standout because the murder mystery investigation is one of the mission stories. Um and it kind of dominates so much of the level that you wonder maybe if, if it's just harder to do more mission stories because so much of what's there is designed specifically for you know this central uh, murder investigation
0: yeah so i think that the beefy kind of narrative content on that first playthrough does kind of make up for the fact that you don't have as many of the traditional mission stories and so like you say dartmoor is probably the strongest example of that um so Matthew let's go through the levels individually then so we start with um with Dubai and this level I thought was very much like similar to kind of Paris and Miami in terms of its archetype populated kind of party setting what did you make of it
1: yeah that's 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 fair it's sort of funny now that when you play these you do try and slot them into like what's come before and you're like oh this is Paris meets blah um yeah, I I like that this one was quite packed in. I mean, I guess you're getting Paris because you, like the art installation is very Paris, mm. um, and the kind of back area of that. Uh, but then getting up to the penthouse, I, yeah, I don't know. I I like this one. I just I like I, I think visually, I just really like looking out the windows and seeing all the other buildings popping out and all the hot air balloons. Like I think the the sheer wow factor gets you over the fact that it's kind of another hotel. Um, and you know you're breaking into the behind the scenes area of an art installation, so that there's lots of technicians and scaffolding and everything. And you've seen a lot of these individual parts, um, but you know you get to climb up a drain pipe outside in a tux, looking like James Bond. So you kind of, or or Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, um, probably a better example. So it doesn't really. I don't know. I I, I think that the actual visual setting carries it a lot for me
0: yeah i think that um i don't think it's bad by any means i think it's um it's actually quite good value in the sense that it it is quite a good tutorial for the game in terms of how the narrative element of that level plays out it does guide you through you know do this do that and then basically locks you onto a path to um finishing your target the first time through and then obviously you can enjoy it as a sandbox level afterwards so
2: Hmm.
0: i think you're right the spectacle makes up for it and i would rather have this than hawk's bay i think um, which is a level i like but um there has more going on as a first level than hawk's bay did you know um yeah definitely so so mission two matthew this is the dartmoor level um you told me about this before christmas and you described it as the you know the knives out level which i think a lot of people have been comparing it to (laughs) um so fundamentally you are basically just have to kill the matriarch of this family but there's this weird element where the matriarch of the family has already been reported that she's dead and they're holding a fake funeral for her. But also, her brother, um, who is like a recluse who lives in this mansion, um, died the night before. So, a lot of murder going on. And, um, (laughs) while one element of the story is, um, obviously, you kill the target, the matriarch. You are also trying to figure out what happened to her brother. And, that is where the large sort of detective aspect comes into it. You can take the place of a private eye and look around. So, this, uh, this, doing this Matthew you said to me like you can only really do this mystery once and um you're right once you know who's done it that's kind of it but what an amazing experience to go through the first time right
1: yeah yeah it's great I mean it's just so weird being in a hitman level where you can basically go anywhere I think there's there's like two rooms in the whole house that the detective isn't welcome in so you can just drink it all in like you can drink in the other levels but there's always an element of stress involved in certain places but here it's just like on oh, it's like going to a national trust house except <laughs> it's, it's going to a national trust house except you know at the end of the visit instead of going to have a delicious piece of carrot cake in the cafe you're going to get to murder an old lady <laughs> uh so it's like extra special uh, <laughs> uh, yeah and it's like it's very well observed like the you know the mystery isn't complicated but there's a cast of quite fun characters you know you exchange a few lines with them you get to hear agent 47 do his incredibly sort of stilted dry delivery which i really like i'm i'm a big fan of any level that gives him a chance to say a lot of stuff because it's just i uh, it's such a weird vo- vocal performance and it, it's it's so kind of uh key to those games and it's so ridiculous that it really works um you know and there's a bit of fun where different bits of evidence you can kind of pin the murder on two people or you can kind of uncover the you know enough evidence to kind of accuse the real person so there's a bit of like variation in the end and and what happens and you know the the mystery takes you all over the house it's, yeah it's 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 fun but like you say once you've done it once you feel like you almost want to have a permanent save file once you've collected all the clues if you ever have to go back to that level because you just don't want to ever do it again in terms of like oh god am i really going to collect all that stuff i mean i've boiled it down to an art now where i know like there's literally two clues i have to pick up to finish that entire storyline and that's what i do just if i need to get up to see alexa really quickly
0: (laughs) um (laughs) yeah this level is a, a kind of an amazing looking place as well so it's this, you know, Dartmoor Manor in the middle of, like, a countryside. It's misty in the grounds outside. Um, off to the left, when you arrive at the manor, you've got this kind of, like, um, well, what is the term for that area off to the left? Is there a, a little graveyard there? Kind yeah, of it's is, like right? a chap-
1: yeah, it's like a chapel and, and the family graveyard, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then behind the mansion you have, like, a greenhouse and, like, a maze. It's um, really just a beautiful place. And then inside the uh, manor, it might remind you of the Paris level in terms of how ornate Uh, The setting is how lovely the ceilings look lots of lovely ceiling (laughs) textures in this game um but i agree with you i wouldn't want to repeat the um the detective element of it but i was kind of like so entranced by the detective element even though i there was like there's one tool you get given in hitman 3 that's not in previous games that's actually quite important to this mystery and it took me about an hour and a half to figure out that that was the case um so that extended how much time I was spending, like looking into the mystery generally. But I didn't ever mind being in the level. And um, a friend of mine, um, uh, James Peckham, who I work with on Tech Radar, uh, uncovered a way that you can take out the target that I had no idea was in the in the game. And when he told me about it, I was like, "Holy shit, that's amazing!" Um, to do with how you present the evidence, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, yeah, it's just an all timer. Would you play a whole game that was just like a detective game? Um, built around these kind of levels uh matthew do you think there's enough mileage in that
1: yeah i i I think it it would need a few more detective mechanics because really all the game is is collecting clues Mm. and once you've got enough clues um you know the the, uh, diana says oh yes it's time you know you've got enough clues to pin it on so and so and that's fine like you know i'm not i didn't expect it to have like a matching the clues, to statements, kind of Phoenix Wright-style contradictions. I mean, God, I'd love it if, like, the Phoenix... You know, if there was a Phoenix Wright game where the investigation portion was in a 3D world as beautiful as this. Like, I lo- don't get me wrong, I love walking around locations and investigating, and it's the kind of production values that, like, the Sherlock Sherlock's Holmes games can only sort of dream of. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's not like it's not really a detective game per se Uh, what what you've got here is you know but that would be unfair expecting it to be i think
0: yeah for sure and uh, what is here is amazing like you say it's a house of absolute bastards as well like it's just some real like awful characters that you meet along the way and i expect that doing the escalation missions in this uh, mansion would be lots of fun i've not tried them yet but I, i read the premise of one of them and i was like that sounds pretty cool um so yeah, yeah, lots of fun it's, potential to take out the different members of the family.
1: Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one because outside of the detective story, the level is like completely hostile. Like Agent Forty Seven just shouldn't be there. So actually, as a stealth challenge, it's pretty pure. It's you sort of it goes from like one extreme to the other. There's like the ultimate costume that basically gives you access to everything, but outside of that, it's suddenly like the level is way harder than it maybe initially looks. Um, trying to do like a suit only run on this I think is is going to be one
0: of the harder ones I haven't done it yet <laughs> yeah I've not I've, I don't think I've done a suit level where sorry suit only run in any of the levels in the three games so um maybe that's something I can do I've done silent assassin on pretty much every level um apart mm. from our next one actually which is apex predator which is a level set in Berlin primarily in a nightclub now this is an amazing setting matthew what did you make of this level
1: yeah I mean I, f- I feel kind of bogus saying like how accurately it captures this environment because anyone who knows me knows that a thumping Berlin nightclub set in an industrial estate is not really my stomping ground um, but even I, you know, I've watched films I, I know the deal with clubs uh, you know, it's loud and you get inside and it's incredibly loud and then you get outside and the sound kind of carries the audio in this level is amazing um, also Absolutely disgusting bathrooms, which is reflective of the very few club experiences I've had. Yeah, so like Like, no toilet seats, no doors. I mean, how are you meant to take a shit
0: with no seat and no door? I guess it's implied that you take a shit before you go to the nightclub. Well, um, you
1: don't, well, you know, you might eat some food.
0: I don't know. You're going to be <laughs> there a long time, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, it does seem to be in the middle of nowhere as well on the outskirts of Burlington. Well, that's so. it. I mean, the toilet situation in that place is dire. <laughs> Um, the next funny, to the toilet and train spotting look quite nice. <laughs> what's funny though, Matthew, is that um, uh, in the last like uh, five or six years, um, I've only been to one setting that I would describe as nightclub-ish, and that was with you in Germany. And we did hey. dance to a DJ called Babyman, so... I think you're giving yourself not enough credit here, you know. <laughs> that was one of the wildest
1: evenings. I always remember turning up to that place and there was just a piece of A4 paper on the door and it said, baby man, 10 euros. <laughs> and I remember looking at it and thinking, are we baby men? Is that what it's saying? Like all the baby men coming, like adults, 10 euros. You are the baby men. But no, it was, it was sort of an experimental jazz dance act called baby man. <laughs>
0: Oh, I do like that you thought that's like baby man was some kind of metaphor. Um you find the well, baby that's man It's like, a tariff.
1: It's like, oh yeah, you're a baby man, ten euros. You're <laughs> a baby man, ten
0: euros. Not you, you're a sound. You can come in for free. Um, <laughs> uh, well without getting too into that, I remember the next yes. day thinking, um I uh if I vomit, I will um I will never live it down because I am the editor <laughs> of PC Gamer and that will be extremely embarrassing. Um but anyway. <laughs> I will continue with uh, our discussion of uh, the Apex Predator mission. So we're trying not to spoil like the different levels here, and I don't think we're going to, but there is a cat and mouse element to this where you don't know who your targets are and you have to figure out who they are. Um, and I found that this was quite flawed. Um, I, found that I found three of the five targets fairly easily, and I think the game flags them up for you. But um, the rest, uh, I found the process of getting them to be a bit arbitrary. What did you make of this level?
1: Yeah, it it took me a while to click with it because I didn't really know what I was looking for. I didn't really know what the trigger was to kind of like identify someone as an agent. You know, I, I, at first I thought, do I just have to look at people and then start killing them if I think they're agents? I mean, that's dangerous game because I'm <laughs> you know, I'm, not, I'm glad I didn't do that because it wasn't true. Uh, you know, that the you know I won't say what it is, but there are they have some sort of tells which then mark them. Um, and once you know who they are, it, it it becomes it becomes a bit easier. I I actually preferred this level uh, playing it repeatedly down the line because once once you play it a second time, um, it actually d- it does reveal the location of everyone on the map, and then it just becomes like this huge like quite weird like murder puzzle because there's so many potential targets so many different ways of getting all of them you know if you're into the kind of high score chasing element of the game where you're trying to basically cut time off your your uh, to get to get a higher rank i think this level is going to be it's quite an ingenious challenge from that perspective um but it maybe lacks it's probably the lowest like narrative content of all the, the levels because the agents are quite anonymous, you know, you you don't really know much about them. They're 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 basically just names. Um, And so I didn't feel as satisfying kind of actually hunting them.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably fair. But, um, you know, as you mentioned, like, the fact that you can replay it and have the narrative element entirely removed is quite the gift from IO Interactive, because if that was stuck in the game every single time, it'd be a real pain in the ass. But when you trim it out, it basically becomes um just a pure stealth challenge um on a side note actually matthew um i was wondering if you thought that if io interactive was to like take another pass at sapienza would they cut out that last bit where you go down and mess with the sample in the cave below the mansion um because i thought playing this that if that was a hitman 3 level on a replay they would take that out so all you had to do was kill the two targets what do you reckon yeah
1: Yeah, 100% um Mm -hmm. That is, like, the 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 most important lesson they've learned is don't force people down a linear corridor at any point in the level um, because it's just – it runs counter to what the games are. I, if if anything, I would say um, I would also have the target revealed uh, in Mumbai, the third target, the Maelstrom. Mm. Like, I wouldn't make people have to sniff him out before he appears. Um, yeah. That would be another change I'd make. Um and also at the end of Whittleton Creek, I wouldn't make people search for the clues about the agent. I'd just have kill these two dudes. Mm. Um, I- I'm actually sort of surprised they didn't retroactively t- tweak those levels because, you know, why not? They've shown that they can do it in this one, you know, and the levels are fine because you just force people to do it the first time. But yeah, that's like easily the smartest move in this game because chonking I think, would just be a disaster if it made you do the optional objective every time because yeah. it's so boring compared to the rest of the level
0: <laughs> yeah so let's move on to that one then so yeah um chonking in china so you have basically um they showed off these lovely screenshots of this um you know amazing street with neon lights and rain and there is like one street of that but most of the level is not that most of the level is an underground facility or a kind of like a big sort of decaying building where there's some medical experiments going on. Um, your two targets are quite interesting, I think, and they have a, an interesting relationship that you can sort of play a, um, around with in, uh, in one of the mission stories, which I really liked. Yeah. But um, I thought the narrative ending to this level was the worst thing in this entire trilogy, but I have not played the last level of Hitman 3 yet. But I thought, right. <laughs> even though you only have to do it once, I spent so long doing a meticulous silent assassin run that I was forced to kind of drop because the story wanted me to do some bullshit, and that really annoyed me. What did you make of it?
1: Yeah, basically the same. I mean, it, it was a real... That's a real, like, Hitman Absolution, like, level. The, the end stretch of it is a real, like, oh, man, this is so obviously not what people want, like, a, a kind of forced action thing. And you can sneak through it, but it's it's messy and it's, like, stressful and chaotic. Yeah, it's it, the end of that. I, I, when I first played it, I was like, "Oh man, this level blows because of this." Mm. And then I played it the second time, and a level's never gone up in my estimations <laughs> than when I saw. You know, you didn't have to steal it. I mean, it's interesting actually because Dartmoor does have an option, does have an objective that you always have to do. Um, like there's no getting out of it, and I think they probably counterbalance that by the fact there's only one target and mm. it's quite a small level, so it doesn't feel as Sort of egregious that you have to steal this file in the level every single time hmm. um but yeah, Chongqing, man alive it it's yeah uh, once is a godsend,
0: yeah, there's um there, uh, so revisiting the level, I did enjoy it more, um I do think that this really fits into the uh Mumbai and marrakesh archetype of having uh two targets um obviously there are three in um Mumbai but uh, two targets who are quite far away from each other, and if you can, you want to get them to meet so you can make life easier on yourself. Um, but I think that Mumbai was a better version of that, personally. Um, this didn't quite do it for me, and I, I can't. I can't also deny that, like that opening in the street is so amazing and there's so little of it in this level relatively speaking that you can't help feeling like a sprawl in that environment would have been amazing um yeah not to be too much about what the game could have been but the underground facility it's not a very interesting space really um it reminded no. me a bit of uh, hokkaido with some of the um different sort of like door keys that you find and stuff yeah that's their,
1: their attempt to try and make your hacking camera relevant throughout is a <laughs> like there's just not enough levels to introduce, like, a big mechanic and then ramp it up in that time. So, like, this is the level where it goes all in on the camera. But up until that point, you've had to, like, maybe use the camera, like, five or six times, and suddenly you're having to scan everything to activate it, and it just feels like, I don't know, a bit of a clumsy level-only gimmick. You know, mm. I don't know why they just didn't use the the gimmick from Hokkaido, which is the, you know, the clothes are the key
0: or something, but yeah, who knows? The camera it very much smacks of like it's a third game in the trilogy. we have got to put something new in there, and um, yeah. yeah, it didn't really need it. And uh, yeah, uh, this level didn't do much for me. So Matthew, uh, mission five in the game, the farewell in um, Mendoza, Argentina. So what did you make of this level? I think it's phenomenal.
1: Yeah this this one this one's an absolute stonker, and it's 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 weird because. Like, it isn't actually the most replayable level. Like it's 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 pretty easy to like clean it out in terms of like the big signature kills and everything. The actual challenges on it aren't that deep. But as a setting, as a kind of place where like great stories happen, it's so cool and suave. Um it it feels it feels like the finale to the game in a way that the, the sixth level doesn't for me. Like it, it does it feels like an ending and it kind of hinges uh, i won't spoil the kind of the, the, the exact kind of gimmick but there's sort of um you get some in-level assistance from another character at, at points which just feels very different um narratively it's very satisfying uh one of the en- one of the sort of exits to the level is just so class it's just pure class and um this was the closest the, the trilogies got me to like caring about the kind of characters and thinking like oh yeah they're all right and it just looks it just looks as a location just amazing this like ultra elite vineyard and winery and you know just walking around it's just a it's just such a treat. it's such an
0: unusual place yeah so i would compare this one to sapienza um just in terms of like um i don't think the opportunities run as deep as they do in sapienza but i do think that as a setting to just enjoy and the way in which like there are different parts of it that feel like individual zones kind of like um connected together in a really nice way it is just a wonderful place to be um it felt like a lap of victory to me um by yeah. io it's like this is you know we this is everything that you love about hitman in one level um yeah and i thought it's just this- phenomenal
1: definitely i uh, this is also there i mean obviously they already had the license before this game came out and you know i imagine it's been long in the works but if ever there was an audition for a james bond license this is it because mm-hmm. it is so classy it is so bond like like everything about it is just it's exactly what I, this is this is if, if there was one level you could just replace agent 47 with bond this would be it i think um There's like an underground sort of layer element to it. There's a fantastically cinematic um, sort of villain introduction. If you take one of the paths through the level, it's quite interesting. It kind of there's there's like one of the mission stories kind of becomes another mission story halfway through. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you've got that one yourself yeah, but uh
0: yes i did um yeah
1: and and it's just it's just it's really exciting it, like weirdly it takes it into quite linear cinematic territory but i actually think it works really really well um yeah i i was I, I thought this level was just
0: absolutely superb yeah i feel like every possible amusing um sort of situation you can envision happening at a place where wine is made um happens yeah. in this level <laughs> Um, every <laughs> yeah. kind of wine related mishap you can think of um is like is put yeah. in this game so beautifully and it's such a funny level as well there are so many funny bits in it oh yeah. the, the
1: the wine tour is just like <laughs> i
0: actually it's
1: the first time i've laughed out loud at just a on-screen button cue because this chat basically says oh, what do you want to look at in the wine factory and everything just sounds so violent it's you know i just i saw the names of the things it's like well we're obviously looking at that um uh, uh yes yeah, it's, uh, it's such a good level yeah
0: and also another level that's got some really good sort of like ancillary characters who um just sort of like play a minor part in the sort of overall story of it but just really bring it to life um mm. and loads of great conversations to listen in listening on um yeah, I love this level. Um, but Matthew, I've not actually played the final level for, for, because of the uh, aforementioned server yeah. issues. So um, why don't you tell me a little bit about it?
1: So it's the Carpathian Mountains, which I saw the name of it and was like, ooh, that sounds interesting. Um, it's I won't spoil the exact nature of it. I mean, it's out there on the internet, but I'll, I figure I'll let you... It, it's kind of a reveal within the level, the, the actual nature of the level. Um, it's an incredibly linear A to B uh, journey i mean like literally the, the level is kind of a glorified corridor um and it just doesn't deliver anything you want i mean it, it is it's the closest the game felt to me like a big interactive cutscene. like there are a few challenges you can still try and do a stealth run um, but the level gives you permission to shoot your way through it if you want. Like it, it just says, "Yeah, this is the end of the game. Murder everyone. Everyone here is is a baddie, so you may as well murder them." Um, but the person you really want to kill is at the end of this this long corridor. And I just, yeah, I, I just as a as an end to this trilogy, this this thing which has just been building and building and building and teaching you how to deal with these sandbox spaces. For it to veer so aggressively into this linear place, um, it just—it's just not like it, any of the other levels. Uh, I was—it's really disappointing. I, weirdly, I think if it was at the end of an action game, it would be fine. Like it's quite nicely done. Like mm. it looks fine. Um, it's nothing. It's not broken or anything. But it just, um, yeah, just uh, none of the skills you've you've learned are put to the test. I just don't know what it is as a. As you know as a mechanical challenge and and they'd probably say well it's not it 's a big narrative ending it's the big it's the big payoff at the end of the game, and you're like, well i don't know how many people have been playing this series for that purpose, mm. um so to suddenly lean into that crowd and try and give them their happy ending or their big ending just doesn't feel right to me it's the end of a bond game is what it is mm. um it's not the end of a hitman game that's interesting. it's my." is my slightly dour take um but i've seen other reviewers seem to be more into it um but like the assumption that like like you know, it only has five mastery levels compared to twenty in the others, which is the same as uh, Hawks Bay, the first level of Hitman Two. But that level, you can put, you know, it's tiny that 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 little house on the beach. But you can play it lots of different ways, and there's still a lot of high score potential there. This, I really, I really didn't feel it. Um, so it kind of bummed me out. But then I played level five again and was like, you know what? i'm just i'll just imagine this is the end
0: of it and it's fine (laughs) yeah like um if that feels like a a true finale to the to the the hitman um that i uh, you know the hitman style that i like i guess Um, yeah so
1: yeah and then you know maybe you start asking questions of like well if it's only got five proper levels does that diminish it somewhat you know because there are some people who just look at hitman and go wait 50 quid for six levels and you're like yeah but they're amazing levels and they're like levels within levels and trust me you won't feel like they're just six levels once you've connected with it properly but that argument's slightly harder when one of them is like exactly what you think you know a level is in a game yeah exactly. which is just i don't know and 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 i didn't go hard on this because you know it's not like i had any particular suggestions but it's notable that 3 doesn't add any, like, major modes. You know, 2 added the Sniper Assassin mode. You know, it had a lot more mechanics going for it. I still feel like 2 feels like the biggest game in terms of, like, if you bought a game off the shelf and it's got all these features and bullet points on the back of the box, 3 is a little bit like, here's some levels and some more story, I guess. But it, it doesn't have as much to offer as a complete thing. Um Mm. Uh, unless you're into vr and playstation i guess
0: yeah um and even then i i hear that you have to install the ps4 if you've got a ps5 you have to install the ps4 version of hitman as well to play the vr stuff which um uh, yes yeah. it's just it's just a bit of faff but
1: like like i said you know that we were saying at the start of this podcast the the idea of it being more than some of its parts mm. like it just felt like a big satisfying ending i liked most of the levels enough some I really loved and so the whole thing kind of I don't know just kind of clicked and worked worked for me I did I didn't
0: feel too sour but by, by the end of that sixth level mm. so very briefly then Matthew um, what do you think this does tell us about IO's James Bond game we don't without repeating ourselves too much of what we discussed in a previous episode but like I wondered if some of the heavier narrative elements were hinting at like this is what you might see in a Bond game made by this studio.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, and and you know, as I think we've suggested on this this episode, like where they have more intrusive narrative bits, they actually work better in this. Like when the game does switch to linear, apart from that last level, there are some great sequences that feel like Bond sequences, particularly in that Argentina level. There's a there's one of the stories can end with quite a dramatic objective you have to achieve in not a lot of time and actually that felt very bondy to me it didn't break the rules of hitman like it you could still approach it from stealth or you could go in with all guns blazing or whatever um i thought this maybe hinted at a like or showed a team that was a bit more comfortable blending like excitement and and their sort of stealth rules in a way which i think could be quite good in bond is, is kind of my read on it
0: yeah i think that's probably fair enough like um i think i was sort of most worried that i i guess in my head i don't i want this james bond game to always let you play in stealth like i don't want a shootout to be the optimum way to play and i wonder if that actually kind of fits because every james bond film modern james bond film has a big shootout in it and mm. you can quite clearly see that's just not what they're good at and yeah, that was my only kind of note of caution from this, of, like, if they're going to make a, a Bond game that's got some, like, heavy action sequences, they need to get better at that stuff, um, because stealth yeah. is what they're good at, you know?
1: But they also... There's some... there's Some some of the introductions to the levels, which look like a huge amount of work was involved, in terms of, like, they, they basically build some areas which aren't really in the level. You sort of walk around them before you get to the level proper, and then you can kind of skip those sort of cinematic, playable areas they felt like maybe a warm up for like bigger levels in bond mm. you know when you approach before you get to chunking proper you're walking along these kind of um walkways in china and you see like the city ahead of you and it plays this amazing music and i was like oh actually this could this feels a bit more like the kind of like linear kind of scene setting a lot of like f- very filmically framed, um, that would go well in Bond. Some of the music in this, I think, is very Bondy and good as well. Um, yes, it's, it's, I, I've still got high
0: hopes. Yeah, for sure. And the effort they've put into some of the exit sequences as well feel very, very Bond, um, even more so yeah. than the previous games. Yeah, I share your enthusiasm for their next project, Matthew. Um, yes. So we're going to take another brief break, and then we're going to run through our. 10 best hitman levels across the world of assassination trilogy so look forward to that i need to use the bathroom so do i (laughs) hey oh sorry you don't need to use the bathroom i think meant in real life no no i just said that as a joke do you actually need to use the bathroom yeah i do sorry and i i I completely (laughs) did not twig um (laughs) that's good maybe we should keep this in the podcast as a kind of easter egg um (laughs) there was actually one small thing i forgot to mention about um hitman uh, uh hitman 3 that i will keep in um, the recording uh, the one that we put out and that is it's so funny that the guards have never changed like their voices are still the same i'm like <laughs> i'm in dartmoor in england and there's a guy saying sorry buddy gotta patch you down and i'm there thinking i bet like 10 americans ever have been to dartmoor you know <laughs> have you heard the bond
1: mission impossible line uh no i haven't actually what's that one of the guards t- pats you down he says um i bet you think you're in a james bond or a mission impossible film
0: okay very good um well on the nose but you know it tells the story yeah. very well. um okay now i will take an actual break and okay. uh, and um, go to the bathroom matthew welcome to the final part of the podcast nice yes in this is this part...
1: so we've killed two
0: people is this on the run now <laughs> yeah this is complete the arbitrary ob- main objective um steal a file and then get <laughs> oh, in a great. speedboat <laughs> um you know <laughs> very good um yeah so matthew we decided to collectively rank our top 10 hitman levels before we do that which are the worst levels in the hitman trilogy the Carpathian Mountains.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, my apologies uh, to those st- still playing Hitman Three and yet to reach that. But they stink. <laughs> uh, I kn- I think everyone
0: rails on this one a bit, but um I'm not mad about Colorado. Mm. Yeah, I hate Colorado too, um, and it's telling that it's got too many targets basically, and the opportunities. Some of them are okay. But it's just kind of a field with a few
1: houses. But that's it. It's it's like it's notable because it's like it's probably the most hostile area. You know, it's 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 a bit like Dartmoor. It's an area you can't get in without. You know, you need a costume to be, you know, to be anywhere in it. Hmm. Um, and it also ends with that terrible bit where you have to make the mask of the, the man's face to <laughs> get into the door. <laughs> yeah, uh. which is just and also there's like three paramilitary guys and basically the, the dude from halloween <laughs> yeah. um, really strange character it's like tonally it's very odd that the fourth person you have to kill is this like weird freaky dude in a mask uh who's sort of torturing someone in a basement
0: yeah um that is uh i i don't really remember this level that well but i felt <laughs> like i spent the entire thing in the basement of a house just waiting for dudes to come in while I choke them out. Um and uh yeah, I uh I I don't think anyone really reflects on it fondly. I didn't really replay it all that much, um whereas every other level every other main level in the Hitman games I did. So um Yeah,
1: yeah. one one thing that it does have going for it is that the Patient Zero, which is a DLC campaign that repurposes some of the levels, the Patient Zero version of Colorado is like entirely from a sniping tower and it basically becomes a sniper assassin level mm, which awesome. is quite interesting because then you're like trying to shoot people to set up traps and things
0: which i quite like so yeah it redeems itself slightly yeah I, to, to kind of own up to my own shortcomings as a hitman fan i have not played the escalations in most of these missions and i have not played the i think there are like three additional campaign bits um you can play yeah um and it's very cool that they exist because they do just give you reasons to replay these amazing levels but um yeah that's my kind of um uh, apology in advance i suppose i'm not the like biggest hitman fan but i just i feel like i know these levels fairly well oh yeah yeah are there sure. any others um that you don't think uh, are very I'm,
1: good i'm a, i'm
0: a, i'm not wild about
1: santa fortuna Hmm. yeah um mainly because It's again. It's a bit flat. It's a huge spread, and it feels like several several individual levels. And I maybe like them individually, but I don't know if there is much interplay between the kind of the building site, the drug farm, and then like the the drug mansion. I quite like the drug mansion because it's got all this like weird. It's got like a museum of of like all the notorious shit the guy's done, Um, (laughs) which is quite fun. But like individually, I like those areas, but the, the whole thing but i mean it's not a disaster i trust the gulf between that and carpathian mountains is vast um yeah it's still like i mean i actually doing this list i found it quite hard as once i got out of my absolute like these are the the few i genuinely love 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 a lot of them i i really like so it's quite hard to like pick them apart
0: yeah I like Santa Fortuna because it has it's it has um not made our top ten I should say but it does have uh, I believe a place where you can kick a dude into like a pool and he'll get eaten by an animal um or like oh, into
1: the, a... yeah, it's like an alligator pit
0: yes and that is like surely um one of the better opportunities it's a really fun one really silly um but yeah yeah I yeah. like that um but
1: it's that one where you get to um playing that band which is ridiculous because they're all kind of in sombreros and things and you are obviously not one of the (laughs) band and it's I, i like any i like any assassination where um agent 47 suddenly pulls off an amazing feat of like musical ability that we didn't know he had like when he takes out the drummer in bangkok then he comes in and plays like this huge drum solo for the album and everyone's like you are one of the world's best drummers and you're like no he's not (laughs) like he's just he's just some
0: psycho yeah i like that that's kind of like the santa fortuna is like a sequel moment to that it's like oh you're you're the new like superstar supporting player in this band that's your job now (laughs) Uh, no, I I don't really like Bangkok all that much um, as a level, but I remember that opportunity is phenomenal. Um, yeah. yeah, really, really fun. I don't really have many others to kind of dunk on. I was surprised by the quality of some of these. And another thing I wanted to ask you, Matthew, was are there any honorable mentions for levels that didn't make the list here? Because I was thinking of a few, like um, Hawke's Bay is a really good intro level as a tutorial yeah. and a standalone level, and I'm pretty sure that it inspired the introduction to um, The Invisible Man, the recent v- new version of that. Um, the house that the dude lives in is very similar, I thought, and, um, oh, right. in terms of setting and lighting. Yeah, actually, I can see that. Yeah, and that dude definitely likes games, the director. So, um, yeah. Yeah,
1: I-, I like that level. It's a great little time attack challenge. because It's so small. It's quite a fun one for, like, if if you've got mates who are into, like, the leaderboard stuff, That that's quite a fun one to, like, mess around in. Um, I actually, like... I quite like the tutorial level, the ICA facility, because hmm. um, I like the concept that it's, like, a couple of famous hits but kind of recreated on a film set. And, like, so it's all kind of fake. You're not really hurting anyone. They're all actors, but everyone's kind of milling around, and it's all made out of plywood. Visually, I really, really like that level. I think it's I think it's really good fun. And you kind of get two weird levels for the price of one, Um yeah and you get to eject a guy through the roof from a plane which is fun
0: <laughs> that is good that, that boat actually um the um in the ica training level it's it's hard enough that i think like it put me off the game initially a bit because right there are it's like there are a couple of opportunities that make it very simple for sure but it's quite like dense with people and it feels slightly intimidating as a tutorial level i would say um yeah but i, I also like it um i also wanted to give a shout out matthew to the um new york level um the bank level that's the hitman cool. 2 dlc um i played that recently and i thought the opportunities in that were fantastic and your target is such a dick and like <laughs> i i really enjoyed that i also got enjoyed like playing um uh, hitman in, in hitman like age of 47 will occasionally uh, assume the role of a mr reaper and in yeah. this case, he was going into like a bank to like try and get a loan in like a meeting, and you go into this room with frosted glass and then choke out this bank manager, and you're like, "This is pretty great." Um, <laughs> yeah. so it's a small level, but a really, really like solid, like meat and potatoes sort of hitman level. Um,
1: yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, I I almost voted that a bit higher in my overall list, um, but the having to rob the actual bank again is a bit of a pain. It's not as much of a pain as the as the you know, the end of Chongqing or or having to destroy the virus in Sapienza, but it's not got quite as many options as the hit itself. Mm. Um... And that's that's a bit of a that that well you'll see across my picks that's a bit of a deal breaker for me those those elements.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So Matthew, we'll get into the list very shortly. But what's uh, our criteria for this list? For me, I put down environmental design, opportunities, memorable moments, and replay value. And I think that's I'm sure that's probably your criteria too, right? Yeah, that's that's pretty much it.
1: Um, I like for there to be some like great hidden assassinations like not mission stories but things that feel like big signature kills that you kind of have to work out um i really like when there's interplay between the targets where you can like manipulate them to get them together or you know they don't just feel like two levels kind of chopped you know set in one location um i like it when there's yeah a bit of
0: kind of uh, crossover absolutely so matthew let's start with number 10 so how we did this was um, we um, had like a kind of one to ten sort of choices basically, and then we kind of put the um, put them together, and whichever like uh, level got the kind of highest uh, score from the two of us combined, that's what you'll find higher up the list. So uh, I explained that very badly, but it'll make sense when you listen to the um, <laughs> to the selection. So Matthew, number ten is uh, Mumbai, and um, I don't think you like this one as much as me, right? I, I voted this higher than you.
1: Yeah, I I. I... I like the the individual parts of this level has got some great takedowns. I love the actual the setting, you know, the actual, you know, being in Mumbai is really exciting. The voice work's great. Hitman 2 was a big step up on Hitman 1 because it actually had sort of local voice actors, so yeah. it wasn't just English people voicing all all the Indian characters. Uh it just sounds really exciting and authentic. Um I really like the stuff with the Bollywood director. He's a super obnoxious dude, like a a great villain. Um I still, like, I haven't put as much time into this as some of the others, so I'm still thrown by some of the scale of it, I guess, is, is, is one of my problems. Like, there's a lot of um, milling about, and it's quite a hard level as well, I think, because there's, there's uh, you know, even as Agent 47, there are, like, guards out to hunt you down. There's, like, a kind of, a, not a cult, but, like, a secret kind of military in the middle of the city, which is kind of out to get you regardless. So it's, it, I don't know, it's quite, quite a challenge, this
0: one, I think. Yeah, I think that um, it's uh, it's a level that actually feels smaller the more you play it, which applies to all of these levels to some degree, I think. Um, but it is still pretty massive. Like um, the fact that the, the um, Bollywood film producer is in like a kind of uh, half a skyscraper, basically, and <laughs> yeah. up a load of floors. Like, even though it is smaller than a real city would feel, it still feels massive. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, and obviously, like you say, you have the element if you have to draw out a target, but. I think this one's just spectacular, just an amazing place to be, um, and I, I really, really like the opportunity um, where you um, kill your secret target by being the barber, and then like, even though there are loads of people outside, you just kind of close the, the door, and then you like kill the guy um, while you're kind of like you know uh, grooving him basically. And um... yeah, it's it's funny. <laughs> There's a few kills like this where you disguise yourself as
1: like the person the target is coming to see. And the barber, he st- I think, if, I think I've got, I remember this right. He stands out the front of the shop, <laughs> and you can basically turn away everyone who isn't your target, so you can look at them and be like, "Not you, <laughs> yeah. not you." And then this one guy comes along, and you're like, "Yes, you," which is the most fucking suspicious thing a barber could possibly do mm. in a crowd of three people. Go, no, no, yes, you, sir. <laughs> that is a neck I want to shave. Um, which I found when you're the waiters as well it's like you're not having a drink you're not having a drink you are having a drink and then the guy dies of poisoning and it's like hmm
0: that was suspicious (laughs) yeah that is quite silly the um the sort of like bartering uh, sort of element um also that kind of reminds me a little bit of doing Shenmue where you try and like get people to play lucky hit or whatever like um Yeah. yeah just like say hey you yeah you know come over here or whatever and it's like Dude, you just take the business, you know. But um yeah, <laughs> no, I think that's a really fun opportunity. But I must admit, I've not. I think that's the only way I've ever drawn out that target because it's too much of a pain in the ass Otherwise, I can't remember if there is another way to draw them out. I, I assume there is, but um, there's a thing.
1: I think there's there's a thing you can do where you put these like blocks of like burning like smoke out of chimneys to like call someone. It's a bit like when the Pope dies. <laughs> Except you're trying to murder some gang member. Yeah,
0: um, so it's quite different to when the Pope dies. <laughs> I also think that the opportunity in this, where you come across an assassin who's been sent there to kill the oh, Bollywood good. producer, that's like a phenomenal. Uh, you can go over and like listen to the assassin, and you know, kind of get then get your target closer to the window. What a beautiful, a beautiful end that is. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. That is strong. Yeah, so. That's, uh, yeah, that's number 10. But number nine, Matthew, is the aforementioned Berlin level um, in Hitman 3. So, yeah, you were like this more than me. And um, I will say that one of my problems with this is, um, like I say, it was, it was trying to figure out who the targets were, but also felt like I was denied a couple of silent assassin kills from it. I will no doubt, like, um, uh, rectify that when I p- replay it. But, um, yeah, I, I do feel like I spent a long time in this, being a bit more frustrated than i hoped but um i i I can't disagree that the sense of place here is amazing it does feel like being in a nightclub even though i've only been to a nightclub like six times you know
1: yeah i I yeah exactly that i think it, it captures a sense of place i think the the fact that there are so many targets you can pick from makes it like replayable from a kind of like a uh, leaderboard perspective in quite a fun way um there's a really good signature kill in the level where you pose as a dj and like fuck with some pyrotechnics <laughs> and the crowd go nuts oh there's also <laughs> there's this uh there's just where you can, there's a guard who's like one of the harder targets to draw away from his pattern, he's like walking circuits of a dance floor, so there's tons of people, like there's literally no way you can grab him um, but there are these like industrial fans blowing like smoke into the crowd and you can like heave a brick of cocaine into the fans <laughs> and it goes into the crowd and it makes the agent sick so he runs off to the toilet, but when you throw the brick into it, the crowd just loses their freaking minds, <laughs> like they start dancing like extra far
0: <laughs> that's awesome i didn't do that i did see the fans and i thought oh uh, it's what the- really funny it's just i don't know I, that i maybe i maybe i've overrated this one because of the fans but I, I like that no the pyrotechnic <laughs> thing is fantastic um yeah like that is really really good and also there is another uh sort of like it's not a mission story formally but like you say it's a signature kill where you can basically pose as the owner of the nightclub um and oh, how that's it, good yeah. yeah that's really silly and really fun um yeah so I, I i like this level too but um not quite as much as you but maybe i'll change my mind on a, on a replay um mm. that's the other caveat is that i haven't played the hitman three levels as much as i've played one and two so mm. there has a there's a bit of maybe a bit of recency bias but um i'm sure this list will stand the test of time but um mm. number eight matthew haven island the hitman 2 dlc talk me through the way you like this one
1: yeah so I like this because it's a big self-contained area. It's like a tropical paradise where people go to have basically their identities uh, not removed, changed. You know, you can have plastic surgery, all kinds of things. It's this sort of like getaway for the rich, but with like a sinister kind of tech undertone to it. Um, I like the fact that you have... You can go anywhere on these, like, little islands. Like, the location is self-contained. You can go anywhere on it. Um, it's quite flat. It's quite wide. I guess it's quite similar to some other locations. It's another, like, hotel slash spa slash relaxation place. Um, and I quite like all the levels in Hitman where you can go to the reception desk, then get a key to your hotel room, and then go to your hotel room and, like, put on some other the clothes. <laughs> um, just because... Uh, nice hotels are a bit out of my price range and it's just that for me is an escapist fantasy <laughs> um it's quite a sad one but like going to nice hotels and like getting to pretend that you're checking in <laughs> it's uh it's, it's quite nice um it's got three targets there's some quite nice interplay between them uh there's a really fun opportunity where you can um Get two of them together in a in a jacuzzi and finishing off at once, which I really like. Um, I like that there's no extra guff objectives. It's just kill these three people and then escaping the island. Like there's boats all along the shore, basically, so you can get out quite quickly. It just feels like there's a lot to do here and it's quite fast moving. Um, it's, it feels like a more successful version of what Santa Fortuna was going for. Mm. I, was, um, I was
0: just thinking of Santa Fortuna because obviously you've got a kind of like a mansion. Area that's sort of like siphoned off from the rest of the level, but doesn't also doesn't feel like an entirely separate part of the level, right?
1: Yeah, that's yeah. This it's 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 slightly cut off, but it it connects in some interesting ways, and I like the fact that the kind of three targets kind of sort of hate each other as well. So there's a little bit of kind of sort of trickery and some stuff you can do with that. yeah it's just a nice it's just and it's just a beautiful like bright blue seas. It becomes increasingly stormy as the level goes on i I don't know if that's tied to like who you kill, but like the the vibe of the level changes um yeah. you know I've never quite worked out how that works, but um yeah it's, it's just again someone having a lot of fun working out what are all the ways you can die you know in a tropical resort
0: yeah for sure. Um, I think um, I read something on the um, subreddit for Hitman that was saying that like this level does a very basic old uh, game design trick of like placing trees in front of like places you can go to make the level feel bigger. Um, And it is quite a small location when you think about it. It's like three Mm. very tiny islands, I think it's three islands and then like a load of connected sort of cabins and stuff. Um, But yeah, I agree with you. The sense of place is really nice. There's like a sunken boat off the shore, which is really a really cool touch and um there's a considering the amount of space there is there are some cool opportunities here um and good good sight lines as well because there's no like because it is just trees in the way you can
1: kind of see quite long stretches of the island so there's some sort of fun snipey business to be done as well
0: yeah pl- plenty of territory to hide bodies as well um yeah, yeah just uh yeah really good level um I, I i really rate it and i think a lot of people Probably of all the levels that um, haven't been as widely played, it was surely the Hitman 2 DLC levels are like the probably the least played of all any of them, right?
1: Yeah, it's a shame because Bank and Haven Island are like two two of the best levels. I actually think they're weirdly more like Hitman 3 levels now that I've played Hitman 3. Hmm. Like, they haven't got the same sprawl as the Hitman 2 levels. Like, the Bank is kind of more in keeping with Dubai and Dartmoor in terms of like size, I guess. Hmm. Um, they also, like story perspective, they kind of set up, they sort of fill in the gap between two and three. So they could have been the start to Hitman 3 in, in, in another world. But
0: Yeah, as it stands, I think it just reinforces what you say about how Hitman 2 is the most complete feeling package of the three. Yeah, I knew, with
1: some extra DLC on the side, but definitely
0: it's it's like huge as a thing. Mm. So number seven, Matthew, is Whittleson Creek from Hitman 2. Um, another one I think I rated higher than you did. Uh, what's your read on this one?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is uh, like often seen as a sort of homage to Blood Money, where you had another air level set in the suburbs, where you were kind of uh, trying to take off a target. It was under protection of FBI, I think, or being watched by FBI. I can't mm, quite remember. I think, I think so. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just a big suburban neighbourhood, much bigger than the level in Blood Money. I mean, there's a good at least six or eight, like full-sized houses you can explore their back gardens the roads that connect them there's a huge kind of barbecue party going on in the middle um it's just uh it's just a brilliantly realized like location like it tonally after the, the chaos of like Mumbai and Miami you're suddenly in this very chilled place like there there is a lot of security there with around the targets but a lot of the level you're quite free to explore a lot of very fun, sort of silly comedic opportunities. Um, the only reason I ranked it slightly lower than you is again because it has this objective where you have to like find some evidence to prove to reveal, you know, one of the other characters for the overarching story, which is a bit of a hassle.
0: You know, if it, if it didn't had that, I'd probably rank it a bit higher. Yeah, this also has. Um... I think like uh one of my favorite kills in the whole game which is you can plant an explosive in a mole hole and then (laughs) get the target to look inside the hole then blow it up um that's a really that's a really fun silly um (laughs) outcome um I, i i really love this level i think the sense of place is fantastic i love that it's this kind of like um americana feel but in these all these prefab houses like you say you can explore the houses but the layout is you know deliberately always the same but there's actually quite a few secrets hidden in each of the different buildings um yeah and that barbecue does feel really nice and like um yeah there are there are a surprising amount of like cool opportunities and like characters whose role you can take in this one um and the color palette yeah. is perfect like it's just a really nice sort of summer's day it really feels like a, a, a real place
1: but it has that slight kind of um david lynch blue velvet thing of like the kind of sinister kind of stuff that kind of hides under sort of suburbia like there's some like twisted stuff in some of the
0: basements and things like that Mm, yeah just a really uh, uh, one of the best ones to explore i think in terms of like rewarding your curiosity um so matthew number six is the dartmoor level from hitman 3 we talked about this like fairly extensively already um i feel like i always know that i'm truly into a hitman level when my intention is to blast through the story but then i i stop and then Within like my first single save, I do every single mission story and I explore every single like part of the map. And I I before I know it, a day has passed and I've I've just been playing that one level. Um yeah. and I definitely got that with Dartmoor. It's just a really nice saying.
1: Yeah. I'm constantly amazed by how many like every painting in the house is unique. Like it's just full of art asset, I and mean, it really is it's like an astonishing thing the interior of that house mm. and the detail of it um for me, this is actually a level that came alive in the escalation contract a bit more because like i I think as a pure stealth challenge, it's quite an interesting level um and sneaking around it like actually trying to get through that place you know in you know your suit or or a weird costume that's given to you by the escalation contract is um quite hard. Um yeah, there's a
0: yeah, but I won't spoil the content of them, but there's this there's, there's some good good stuff with that one. Mm. Well, so number 5 Matthew is uh, Miami from Hitman 2. Um this is one we've not really talked about much yet, but um I uh probably like closest to Paris I think in terms of it feeling like it's a live event and um there's a lot going yeah. on. Um like you say though, there is an element of it where the racetrack and the sort of like um, facility next door feel like quite different places. Um, And then you've got kind of a sort of seafront area too. Um, But um, I I just really love this one in terms of like, it's actually quite a simple level. Um, You can finish it really quickly when you know how. It's the one I think I've probably like masked the most, like run up a ladder straight away, then push one target onto the racetrack when the car's coming around and kill both of them. And then you just leave. And it's really, really
1: simple. That is that's one of my like all time favorite kills in in the series is the pushing the dad onto the racetrack so his daughter explodes into him <laughs> yeah. um it's like that to me is the perfect like the interaction of the two halves of the levels like you can that you can do that but there's loads I and mean, there's so many ways to like mess with the race that's going on. Mm. I like the fact that the target is kind of she's in the car until she wins and then if she wins the race you know which you can manipulate through some means um you know that takes her into this other kind of celebratory area there's a really really good takedown involving a game of um like shot roulette Hmm. where you're drinking sort of point you've poisoned this sort of um shot of tequila and they're sort of spinning this wheel and you're you're having to like drink a shot and then she drinks a shot and you've got to try and set it up so that she drinks the poison shot and so it's that's, that's really good. Um this has got some great hidden takedowns as well. It's just a really fun level. I like the fact that it's really colorful. There's that stupid flamingo dude all over the place. You can dress up as a giant flamingo. Um uh, yeah, it's it's got everything you want. It yeah. also had the Sean Bean evasive target elusive target, elusive target yeah yeah uh which i really enjoyed the the way they sort of lent into this sort of unkillable sean bean meme uh was
0: really fun yeah i like um uh, sort of side note on that actually i kind of wish that they would now that the third one's out bring back all of the elusive targets as a kind of optional mode um like i don't think they'll do it but all that extra content they built it would be cool to just enjoy it all yeah that right. should be like the sign-off to the series mm. like
1: when they're truly done with it they go have the lot like
0: yeah this we... is
1: no longer a gamer service just have it
0: yeah there is like we have built you know at, at this point there is about 400 hours worth of stuff you can do in this if you want to um yeah yeah uh no i love that sean bean one too i thought it was brilliantly realized and again like that even though it's the same setting, you're basically playing a different level, right? And like they recorded like voice acting for it, and um, yeah, yeah, very, very. Fun. that's
1: that's that's the other interesting thing. I now play levels in Hitman Three. One, th- so I sometimes think, oh, this area isn't particularly used by like any any of the main mission that much. Hmm. I wonder if this is like an elusive target area. Yeah. Um And I think that, that I think by having fewer mission stories there's there's quite a lot of untapped potential
0: in quite a few places in hitman 3 yeah for sure um so yeah i look forward to seeing what they do with that but yeah that is my hope because I, invariably i never have time to do the actual elusive targets. so i've probably done about five percent of them total you know um, right yeah yeah so i love miami as well it's a uh, a beautiful level, and I, I don't think I've even done that shot roulette um, opportunity. Oh, it's, it's good! It's good fun. Yeah. Uh, also, just being the kind of in the pit stop crew for that and making the car crash—that's just a, a really simple but great one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So number four, Matthew, is Hokkaido, which I believe was your highest voted in our little Google. Yeah. Seat. Yeah.
1: I love I love Hokkaido. It's I think it's it's the perfect balance of like size. It's not that big, but it's packed with with some really fun characterful... Take down some really quirky stuff. I mean, they did like more ambitious stuff in two and three. This is the last level of Hitman One. Um, But you've got a guy on a surgery table who's been watched by loads of people. So you basically just have to mess up the surgery via lots of different means. And there's a sort of woman walking around this luxury spa, which is the kind of recovery area for the people in the surgery center. It's all set in this absolutely gorgeous kind of glass spa atop this mountain in hokkaido um i just i just love this area i love the actual design of it i love the location it's again it's it ranks highest on my places i'd most like to be um a bit like with haven island uh it ticks that box of Agent 47 gets to have a little room of his own which I really like. <laughs> um I really like breaking into other people's hotel rooms and stealing their their, their shit. Mm. Um, that's also really fun. And you do that in a lot of levels. You do it in Bangkok, you do it in Haven Island. Um but here you get to I don't know, here it just it's, it's like the perfect version of it. I love the twist that instead of keys, the costume, the, the disguises are like they've got like uh, IR chips in them that open the doors and so you have to have like the most powerful costume is also like a skeleton key for the level which is just really fun it opens up like it it feels like um certain costumes suddenly cause the level to blossom um which I think is what they were trying to do with the 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 kind of key cards in Chongqing but it doesn't have the same excitement for me Mm. um of kind of you know, you start off in the very public area of, of, of the Hokkaido spa and then you kind of punch through to the kind of industrial stuff and then you punch through again to the kind of the medical center where, you know, it's obviously, you know, there's a super valuable target there. So there's loads of security. I I just, uh, I I thought this was, it's, it's just incredibly tight. Um, it's yeah, a level I'm really looking forward to replaying because I haven't bought my progress into Hitman 3. So I'm just going to do it all over again. Um, yeah, yeah i just it's also it's very bondy it's just like a a, a beautiful base on top of a mountain um like i expect blowfelt to live there um <laughs> so maybe you, maybe he
0: will yeah so i i hard agree that this is um much better in its execution of like the keys idea than anything um in that uh, level in hitman 3 and um i think that this kind of hinted at a, a more experimental level structure that I don't think the rest of the series quite pays off. Um, like, as the kind of closing level to Hitman 1, that was the impression I got from it. It's like, oh, this is like, you know, this door uh, mechanic isn't that complicated to understand, but it is elegant and quite interesting and does give you a different way to explore the the levels and think about how you mm. explore the levels. And yeah, I think um, I really rate it as well just for being experimental on that level. I also really love that... Um, the exterior you can go to the exterior the snowy exterior but then you know walk into this incredibly kind of warm nice environment um yeah that's um that it really captures with that feeling of coming out of the cold and going into this lovely warm space um yeah and it's beautifully lit as well it's just yeah um, yeah yeah just a really
1: that it really benefits from the visual upgrade in three hitman three as well just everything's shinier everything's a bit more kind of polished um yeah, it's just uh, I, I, I I just really really like this place. I mean, mechanically, you know, mechanically it does something interesting. The opportunities are there—not the biggest level um, in in the trilogy—but um, just a, a really
0: solid execution. A great last level as well, you know, to, to the game. Mm. Been a couple of years since I've done this, but I remember there being a great opportunity with a sauna. And another one where you push, you pretend to be a yoga instructor and push the yeah. target off a waterfall. That was good.
1: Anything where Agent Forty Seven gets to say like funny words in his super dry voice, like mm. yoga poses,
0: is just oh, I mean, that's gold. <laughs> okay, great. So our number three, Matthew, is Mendoza uh, from Hitman Three. Um, so we talked about this a fair amount. Uh, is there anything else you kind of wanted to add on this uh, on this level? Again, Agent Forty Seven
1: describing wines is very very funny. Um, Because it just sounds like, everything sounds like he's describing murders, but he's actually describing wines. You know, it's
0: classic. (laughs) One small thing I really like about this level is that when you start it, um, you are on the outskirts of this party and then when you approach, you can kind of head into the party. Or off to the left, above where the party's taking place at this vineyard, there is uh, the mansion where one of the targets is. And um, you can get a military disguise quite quickly and head towards there. And I like that um, whatever you kind of, whatever you pick, whether you just go with the kind of story mandated, like oh you're the guest at this party, or whether you go off and be the sort of soldier off to the left, like it feels like there are two really different approaches just at the very start to like that experience. Um, yeah. Which I really like. I mean, for me, I didn't even really get to. Um, so the, the the target Yates, who's up in the kind of like uh, manshitty bit, I didn't even get to that environment until much deeper into the level, and I really like mm. that it was kind of. I don't know. I, I I think however you do it, you get to peel away loads of different layers to this level in a way that's just really satisfying. Um Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Definitely.
1: Cool. The the um on an animation nod as well, the the dancers on the dance floor look absolutely sensational. <laughs> hmm yeah they're dancing a little tango and you're like wow you don't actually see npcs dancing like that often in games just looks
0: really nice did you also hope that you could get agent 47 to dance i was looking around thinking who is like the there must be like a woman on the like outskirts is going damn it where's my partner i'm meant to be tangoing (laughs) right now and then you just join in i thought that would happen did you yes yes i mean there's a bit of dancing in the level so matthew number two is paris from hitman one so the one i've probably i think loads of people have probably played this the most because it was the first one that came out and so yeah. it was all you could you could play but um <laughs> while i did play it on ps4 at first it wasn't until i came back to it on pc that i really began to appreciate this level um there's a weird kind of tension in hitman between stuff that plays out as soon as you arrive in like a zone and um a kind of ticking clock that's happening in the level generally anyway um so yeah. some events will kind of like um will kind of begin and end while you're exploring the level and sometimes you'll just flat out miss opportunities um because you didn't realize a thing was happening while you were there or yeah. that it would end and um, what do you think of that overall kind of design uh, element to the game the idea that there's some stuff that's static and other stuff that's always ticking down the clock
1: yeah i i think it actually becomes less of a concern as the games go on mm. like I didn't. I, fi- I felt like it, particularly in three. There were a lot more kind of fixed routines that would play out forever unless you kind of changed them some way. But I remember like missing a lot of stuff, and I remember speed being more of a concern in Hitman One, like getting to from A to B so that something happened in time or something didn't happen in time. Where I think it got a bit more generous in that regard. But I think you're right that there's there's definitely a lot more of that tension, and you feel it here. Um but this this is this is just a great it's a great level and i think i i I probably rate it highly because it was it was the one which was like wow they've nailed this hitman formula like this is just gold i mean so much of the heavy lifting is done in this level and then they just have to like roll this formula out again and again and again i'd love to know which level they actually built first Hmm. um like I'm assuming it's this one as it came out first but like as a proof concept um I imagine I'd love whichever level came out first and I'd have a I'd hold it you know have a, a soft spot for it um because it you know delivered the sort of hitman fantasy. but this is a it is a great level like the the building is super old and has this kind of historical edge. It's probably closer to the sort of Dartmoor house in a way. It's very kind of ornate inside, but it's been taken over by this ultra-modern fashion show. So there's this quite fun kind of um, kind of conflict between those two worlds. And then you have, I mean, the upstairs auction is like a classic Bond set piece, mm. you know, playing out right there in the first level they made. It's just, and and you, I, I like that you can infiltrate uh the kind of upper levels in your starting tuxedo just with an invitation because you're dressed for the occasion you can go in as mr reaper and that's that's just a
0: classy touch i really love this level i think it's sort of um like you say the uh, interior of the um of the mansion is just fantastic like the again the sort of ceiling textures were just sort of off the charts um there are numerous (laughs) opportunities and mission stories that are really really fun like the um the one where you're the model on the runway is oh yeah that's just terrific like um i I really like it when hitman leans into being super silly and yeah. um that is a level that does it very very well i think that it probably was the first one they built because um i first saw it at i think it was announced at e3 2015 and i remember seeing the demo there and they had the the level fully built more or less um right and so yeah i feel like th- th- this probably was the one they started with but and it does have like that thing of it feels like a sandbox, even though you can actually finish it very quickly if you know exactly where you're going and what you're doing. So yeah, yeah, I I um I really rate it as well. Like um and also just um the exterior is really fun to explore as well. It's just a, a, mm. a nice place to be. And there's a another there's a fireworks opportunity in this that's really good too. Um yeah yeah what a great what a great level. I just uh, great level yeah. So number one, Matthew, very predictable. It's Sapienza um yeah. from hitman one so we talked a bit about this before and something i wrote in my notes here is that this has um 10 mission uh stories that play out and it's so ambitious in terms of like the sort of number of like things you can do to um to take out your targets that i wonder if this led to them scaling back um how much you could do in each level because it was just untenable to make every level as detailed as this um right yeah so it is this little kind of like italian seaside town um with like a big mansion and there's like a small street there's a bunch of apartments you can go in um and then there's even a church um off to the sort of side and a beach it's like it's massive and there's um it's uh beautifully detailed but um there are quite a few people on the hitman reddit who on the hitman subreddit who think that this level was a little bit overrated and i wondered matthew if you were in that camp because you scored it a bit less than i did in our in our little bowl. i think
1: it's a little overrated but my big beef with it is just that all roads lead to that freaking cave destroying that virus hmm. and it's there's so much interesting space and so much interesting stuff going on up above that that cave just does, doesn't do it for me it doesn't add anything like, it doesn't really interact with the rest of the level in any interesting way, um, or any interesting way that I've found. Yeah, I just, I know, I love the location. It's so beautifully realised. It is a real escapist thing of just walking around this town, and there's just the level of detail and the shops and the props in the shops. You know, it's it's mad. But that, just that ending for me is, is just, it just rubs me up the wrong way, because I think every time I want to finish this level, I've got to do that. So all the experimenting I want to do with the two targets, I've got to do that. And yes, you get pretty ruthless at getting it done, but even so, its I don't know. It's just uh, a little bit of a hassle. Plus there's that incredibly English woman right at the start going, Roku, Roku, come down! (laughs)
0: Uh, The least convincing Italian character you've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah, the repetition of doing that last part is the part that sucks. There's no real like second choice to doing it you put on the hazmat suit uh and then you kind of go in there flip a coin press a button it goes dip, dip, dip. destroy your sample you Ooh. know get in the <laughs> boat and off you fuck you know it's just like uh, yeah i agree with you that that's not very interesting um i think that it it might be too slight if you did just have the two targets it might just be a bit too slight um i can sort of see why it has that objective but yeah i mean the option to play without it would be nice i think yeah um, or like,
1: maybe board. like
0: have it as a later mastery unlock.
1: Like you made it to level ten, you don't have to destroy that shitting virus anymore, and you're like, "Great, I've yeah. earned it." Yeah, but I I don't want to take it away. It is amazing. Like the famous example of you going to the ice cream shop and all the ice creams are different in this thing. That is mad. I mean, that's just that's just a team showing off. I think, but yeah, it's a lot of fun.
0: Like I say, I think this is just the one where they're like, "Oh, we can't make every level like this, or we will never finish the game." Um, yeah. <laughs> that's my kind of read on it, but. Um, yeah, no, I really love it too, like as a sense of place. This is the one that did make me think, Oh, it would be nice to play this in VR just to see what it's like. Um mm. but yeah, I um that's our number one, Matthew. I don't think it's um much it's not a
1: controversial one
0: no for sure um <laughs>
1: i'm but, glad pa- paris doesn't often rate that high in these kind of lists i'm glad that got a bit of love
0: yeah i think that is just because people played it too much um and like mm. a lot of people it was their first experience of hitman and they didn't really come back to it so um yeah no i agree like there's uh, I, I ne- i'm always having fun when i go back to paris so uh yeah that was our top 10 matthew um fantastic so just to close us out we've got a few listener questions so the podcast okay. seems to be resonating with people, Matthew. We're getting some good feedback, as um I'm oh, sure that's you've seen. Good. Yeah, yeah, people seem to like it. Um two men trying to remember what happened fourteen years ago. So um <laughs> that's uh, that's very exciting. But um I thought I'd just fire through uh, some of those, Matthew. Yeah. Um one is from Matt Zier on Twitter. Um this is a question for me. Um serious question. I love Destiny 2 and I enjoyed the first DLC season pass, but then I stopped. Is it possible to jump back in? How slash will I understand what's going on? The episode got me interested in revisiting it. So that was our Game of the Year 2020 podcast. Um, And I can say, like, I don't feel like I could sleep at night if I told someone to play Destiny 2 on purpose. Um, Like, I don't think I could (laughs) live with myself because um, I think Destiny is something of like a... (laughs) I don't want to say sickness, but um, I do feel like um, it's an acquired taste. And so, uh, yeah, I, I... it's like almost impossible to understand unless you've got a guiding hand talking you through it. And I had that with destiny too. I don't know if you picked it up now, it would be a bit more straightforward because they've stripped out so much content. But, um, I personally don't feel like, uh, I can't necessarily recommend it. It's like, if you've got two other friends, who are playing it, it's worth it. If you're playing it by yourself, I wouldn't bother. Um, Matthew. Sounds good. Yeah. This one's from Fox McButt on Twitter, Matthew. um, <laughs> It may have been answered, but why the back page? I thought that's more of a sport thing. Either way, love the podcast. Um, do you want to explain why the podcast is called The Back Page?
1: Well, the back page in games magazines is traditionally the kind of, well, in our mags anyway, was like the the funny back page, the one page where you just stuck, stuck some dumb joke. I think we probably will do an episode about back pages at some point because pc gamers were excellent and i'd love to quiz mm. sam about them <laughs> uh end gamers were mixed and i feel like i probably need to address some stuff um, but um yeah i mean i think we thought it sounded cool <laughs> and also it's like the sort of i don't know it's a very print print thing if you were into print magazines there's a good chance you were sort of aware of the back page of these mags they were kind of silly and irreverent quite hardcore for people who are into those mags um which is sort of the vibe of the podcast too i guess
0: yep there's also a kind of like an analogy element of like me and matthew don't work in print anymore um full-time Oh so. yes that's 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 a far more poetic and elegant way of looking at it <laughs> all right well you suggested the name matthew is that not what you're going for because uh oh i don't really know <laughs> well um as i mentioned on twitter we could always revert back to our original title of the thick old games magazine men podcast and that's thick with two yeah. c's um yeah of course yeah <laughs> um so yeah that was basically it back pages are kind of funny and we thought it might um tell that story but um oh god if i have to explain some of my pc gamer back pages on podcast uh oh dear <laughs> it's uh it's going to be bleak um but but quite fun few more questions here we've also got like um james thompson who who sent this through uh, via twitter and also sent us an email so i've edited down your email here to make it a bit more um bit more quick pace so first really enjoying the podcast well put together and enlightening hu- humorous retrospectives of games journalism past looking back through old n64 magazines i realized just how much stuff was crammed into these in way of not only reviews slash previews and editorials but challenges reader letters reviews etc what i wanted to ask was Do you miss all that stuff or was it always a chore to find things to fill out the pages? The other thing that struck me was that reading a magazine presents a different experience to articles on the web. Whereas now most games news I read is essentially scrolling down one long column followed by a load of angry comments. A magazine had a scattering of information across a page that you might dip into the box out summaries or details before diving into the main text. Do you think digital games journalism could learn anything from how things used to be done or do you prefer the simplicity? Um, So part one, Matthew, um, was it always a chore to fill out things on pages in magazines um i say yes what do you say
1: i <laughs> <laughs> uh, i liked it <laughs> that's right. i mean, that that was the kind of weird the weird stuff where we tried to like differentiate end gamer and more more end gamer than the other mags from from other things out there you know i love the idea of it every bit of the page was trying to be entertaining, like, no matter how daft or unimportant it was, um, that was kind of drilled into me. Um, sometimes it's a hassle, of course, and you make work for yourself by making a magazine that's intended to be filled with all that mad stuff, but, yeah, I, I, I was I was always a big fan, and there's there's definitely a, a bigger episode into, like, the minutiae of, like, putting together a monthly mag that we can do, where you can probably go into this in more detail, but g- generally speaking, the kind of the extra stuff because everyone had news reviews previews features it's the kind of weird stuff that around the edges that kind of made it feel a bit special
0: yeah i think that's particularly the case with um that kind of uh super play and 64 lineage of magazines Um, yeah yeah so that might be like, like you say it's drilled into you and you have that kind of legacy um on play magazine i found doing the box outs always to be unbearable um (laughs) On PC Gamer, um, there's some really good box outs in PC Gamer. And that's because it was mandated that we never have just like a block of 100 words. It always had to be something visually interesting. Um, We even created a PDF that said, um, these are all the different box out types you could do. You could do a graph, you could do a sequence of images, you could do a timeline, that sort of thing. Digital games journalism, learning from print. Um, What do you make of that?
1: Um, I feel like they have, like they haven't, because I mean, the, the... I haven't worked on a site, you know, specifically for a site. You know, when I was on RPS, I was just doing video stuff. So, you know, the science of sites is a little bit beyond me, but I think the tastes of people, like, seem to, like, lean away. You know, it's very, like, here's the text, not a lot of guff, not a lot of gubbins, um, primarily because that probably slows sites down horribly. (laughs) Um, And it's just, like needless faff and getting people to do anything is a nightmare let alone all the extra gubs um it's why i still like reading
0: magazines is cuz i like all the extra nonsense not that there's a lot of it about um yeah i would also say that like types of mag writing that you find um, you can find on the web on websites if you go looking for it so pc gamer um on there we produce loads of news but this you know every article that ran in the magazine would eventually run on the site after like you know quite a big delay um to retain the value of the magazine but like um yeah you can definitely find like very you know opinionated copy and stuff i agree page furniture which is what we call it in print that sort of thing less so but um you can also find like gifs on um you know as part of articles which i find quite exciting when you see a gif that tells part of the story and then the story continues in the text below so yeah there are things that can like learn but um I can, yeah I, I think it you can still make that personality um uh come through um mm. so yeah good stuff um so matthew that was the podcast and uh yeah it's um, been pretty comprehensive if you like hitman i hope you found this podcast valuable i definitely think my memory was a bit spotty on some of those older levels but um that's only because i played them two years ago and i've done two black fridays since then so um i can't be held accountable for my recollections (laughs) um but yeah what did you make of it matthew did you have fun
1: yeah, I I love talking about Hitman. Um I hope we talked about it with enough variety that we didn't uh, boil to tears, but I I enjoyed talking about it. I'm very very fond of these games and if uh, you haven't played them, I hope you listen to his podcast and then go away and play some of them because they are great.
0: Yeah, it's a much uh, I would say like a much drier podcast, but me and Matthew were just so into Hitman that we just wanted to really give it like the episode it deserved. So hopefully people <laughs> feel we've done that. Um but yeah
1: if you'd like to and then we'll uh, do more luigi impressions next week
0: <laughs> yeah that's what the people really want matthew. um so yes uh, next week will be our best games of the generation part one it'll be divided into two episodes that we will record at two different times um me and matthew are settled on the top 30 games um, across the generation as a kind of manageable amount um to to do so that should be really fun and uh, in the meantime if you want to follow me on twitter i'm samuel w roberts matthew where can people find you mr basil underscore pesto you can also follow the podcast at backpage pod um we tend to just tweet when new episodes are coming out um and we'll also uh pick out one funny clip per week because i can do that on the podcasting platform what we pay for um you can also email us at backpagegames at gmail.com if you have any thoughts on the podcast let us know and uh, we'll read out your questions and try and address them as best we can but um, thank you very much for listening we'll be back next week bye for now